On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, it's a Cybertruck-tastic week as we not only learn how many power outlets and what type are on board, but Tesla chief designer Franz von Holzhausen was spotted driving a matte black wrapped one around. Plus, I had another close encounter with a very clean Cybertruck build and more. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Ride the Lightning. It is your weekly Tesla unofficial podcast coming at you every single Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific since August of 2015. This is episode 432 for November 12th, 2023. And as you probably got a sense of at the very top there, this is going to be an entirely Cybertruck-themed show, almost exclusively. Basically, all of the news stories are about the Cybertruck. I had a close encounter again with a Cybertruck in my own neighborhood, which I'm going to tell you about in a couple minutes. Uh, I think the phone calls aren't all about the Cybertruck, so there may be a little bit of a break there. But something tells me that you're not going to mind the fact that this episode is almost entirely about the Cybertruck. So buckle up. Let's get started with this. First, a popular sentiment that I hear about Cybertrucks, just out in the general Tesla community, is, will it look awesome in matte black? Well, apparently Tesla agrees with you, because Tesla's own chief designer and two-time guest on this podcast, Franz von Holzhausen, was spotted driving a matte black-wrapped Cybertruck in LA this past week. In fact, I can picture Elon walking into the design studio one day, jumping into one of the bare stainless steel release candidates in the design studio with one of the other designers and going for a drive with Franz. And I imagine that that conversation would go something like this. What's that? On the tumbler? Oh, you wouldn't be interested in that. She was built as a bridging vehicle. During combat, two of these would jump over a river towing cables. Over here on the throttle, flip that open and throttle up. This will boost you into a rampless jump. We never could get the damn bridge to work, but... This baby works just fine. So what do you think? Does it come in black? I'm sorry, I couldn't help it. I will take any excuse I can to put in a good Christopher Nolan Batman movie quote anywhere. Anywhere in the podcast that I get a good excuse to do it. Anyway... Um, so there, this matte black Cybertruck for real. So there are some good videos of it on social media. And in my estimation, it definitely changes the entire appearance of the truck. Like it really gives it a completely different look. And the reason that I played that clip, not just the, does it come in black part, but it really does the Cybertruck in matte black 
really does give off a Christian Bale, Tumblr, Batmobile, but as a truck vibe. And if indeed Tesla plans to offer this matte black wrap as one of its official in-house wraps that you can buy at a service center, and I do believe it will be, or else they probably wouldn't have done it and be parading it around at a car show, no less, which is where Franz brought this thing, especially when it's driven by Franz of all people, then I bet, I, I, I can really feel it, this matte black wrap will be by far the most popular of the quote-unquote official Tesla wraps that are going to be offered. All right, speaking of the Cybertruck, I told you it's going to be very Cybertruck-tastic this week. As I mentioned at the very top, I saw another one up close this past week. Here's the story. I'll tell you a little bit about it because this, this was a better encounter than my first one. I was turning onto one street, kind of coming up into my neighborhood, and as I glanced forward after I'd made the turn... I saw in front of me, just a little ways ahead, the unmistakable stainless steel polygon turning left. And my brain, it took a second for my brain to register it. Like, wait a minute, that's a Cybertruck. So I also turned left and I thought, well, I'll just kind of see where this guy goes. Maybe I can get a quick picture or video. But to my luck, to my extreme good luck, or at least it turned out to be that, that way, because at first I thought, oh, this guy's, this, the Cybertruck driver, this engineer is annoyed at me because I'm following him for just a a few hundred feet. He turns and makes a three-point turn, and I thought, oh, okay, he doesn't want to be followed by yet another crazy Tesla owner, and he's going to turn around and go the other way. Well, no, that wasn't the case at all. He was simply parking the truck. He saw a spot on the street, on the other side of the street, so he did a three-point turn, turned around, and parallel parked in that spot, which was kind of, it was actually right on the corner. And so I parked behind him, got out, said hello, and I asked if it would be okay if I checked out the Cybertruck. And this engineer, I didn't get his name, he was very nice. He graciously said, sure, yeah, no problem. Go ahead and check it out. And so I have a few thoughts for you. First of all, the fit and finish on this one was miles better than the hot mess that I encountered in that Trader Joe's parking lot a few weeks ago. Now, again, just as a friendly reminder to everybody, not this isn't really directed at, at those of you listening. This is more aimed at the people that won't hear this, right? The, the sort of uh, armchair critics on the internet. But these pre-release builds, these, these release candidates, these, these pre-production vehicles, they are up until, right up until the very end when they are actually being produced on the line with the intention of just dialing things in for the launch, which I feel like this one might have been in that category. But the first one I saw that had the the RC stamp on the side, this one didn't. the, The first one I saw, you know, had just panel gaps and alignment that were terrible. It had, it didn't have the arrow wheel covers on, this one did. So the first one, again, it's, its job wasn't to look pretty. As I said at the time, its job was to be testing stuff. Well, this one, I'm sure, was still testing things, but it was looking mighty good. The panel gaps, alignment, really, really nice. And with those aero wheel covers on and the fact that it it was just the clean stainless, there was no RC stamp on the, on the front or on the doors, 
So it was a pretty darn good look at what the final truck is going to look like on the streets. Uh, in fact, after the driver walked away, I, of course, took the opportunity to took some pictures because I was, was kind of checking it out and talking to the driver, just kind of idle chat for a couple minutes. I mentioned to him that I had the first stainless steel car, the DeLorean, which he was very su- pleasantly surprised by. And so we were just talking about stainless, the stainless steel for a second. And, and I was saying, oh, I'm going to be street parking mine. And so seeing it here parked on the street in my neighborhood is, is pretty cool because it kind of gives me a real world idea of what it's going to look like in front of my house. And, and he said, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, I'm kind of the same way. It would, won't, won't, won't fit in my garage either. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's, although it is actually, it's easily maneuverable with the rear wheel steering. So anyway, just some idle chat there, nothing major, you know, as I said last time when I ran into the, the first one, these engineers are not authorized to spill any secrets or give any real details. But again, this gentleman was exceptionally nice for giving me a couple minutes of his time before walking away. And and then uh, I, I just kind of stayed, I stood there kind of just staring at it for a few minutes. I couldn't help myself. I was taking some pictures and uh, then I did what I wanted to do the first time in the Trader Joe's parking lot, but just barely ran out of time for, I lined up my Model 3 next to it and took some pictures to really get, and I made sure that the the front end ends were both like pretty evenly lined up. So I got some good pictures, pictures although it is on a, a downhill incline. So the, you know, the angle is kind of weird. The pictures are on my Instagram. If you'd like to see them, also my X account, but Instagram is going to be the easier way to find them if you're interested. So my Instagram handle is DMC underscore Ryan, if you're interested in checking those out. But uh, the, the Cybertruck clearly uh, quite a bit longer, as expected, than a Model 3. The back of my Model 3 came to about the middle of the rear wheel. And then there's still a good at least two feet, maybe two and a half feet back from there to the to the end, the bumper of the Cybertruck. But I uh, got some pictures, took a quick little video. The video wasn't any good, so... Um, got some good pictures, got those comparison shots next to my Model 3. And then I, because the thought occurred to me, well, wait a second, this guy, this engineer just parked this thing on the street. It was a weekend. It was a Sunday, in fact. And so I thought, well, he, he's, this might be here for a little while. So I went home, which wasn't too far away. And I got my wife and told her to get in the car. And I told her I needed to show her something cool. She had no idea what we were going to look at. I didn't tell her. I was like, I want to see. I, I, I thought she would guess it immediately. But she thought, she was like, Are, I thought we were maybe going to go like drive by a new restaurant that you're interested in in the neighborhood. Like, no, it was a cyber truck. I was like, I thought that would have been the first thing you'd guess. But anyway, we pull up to it because she has not seen one in person yet. So, and because she's an equal partner in this thing with me of, of getting this truck, I wanted her to see it in real life. So uh, I was thrilled when I, when we, we pulled back up and indeed the cyber truck was still there and she liked it. I mean, she, she her, her probably chief criticism, I think, which isn't maybe so much a criticism, 
as it is just kind of the the reality of it in our, you know, San Francisco tight streets neighborhood. She just said, it's big. And I was like, well, yeah, it's a full size truck. But uh, she did like it. She did like the truck. And she was taking pictures of me standing next to it. Like she was she was maybe humoring me. But even if she was, I really appreciate that she was. She was kind of getting into it in the moment. Um, but she goes, this was a kind of funny thing she said. Because I had told her that the engineer had mentioned to me that the width, you know, we were talking about parking it and having to park it on the street in, in, our, in our neighborhood. And the engineer had mentioned to me that the width isn't really a problem for parking it. It's the length. And, and so she, she looks at the truck and goes, I think it could fit in our garage. And I suspect she is correct about that because, you know, if you fold the mirrors, it could probably just barely squeeze through the, the single car opening. But once you get through the, the garage door opening, my my garage space is is actually quite long. It goes back a ways. So uh, she is probably correct that it could technically fit in there. But I suspect that if we ever did squeeze it into our garage, the the rear wheel steering would certainly help us get it in and out. But I think the fact that there are always, always, always cars street parked on both sides of the street, it's just the truck is so long, you know, almost, what, 19 feet is what we were told by Tesla, that I just can't imagine, even with the rear wheel steer helping helping us out, that we'd be able to really get it back out, like wiggle, wiggle it out once we once we got it back in. So it's okay. It's going to be on the street right in front of the house. But that was, so that was one fun piece of it was getting to bring my wife over. Now, some observations just from, from me staring at this thing for a good 15, 20 minutes. The square shaped steering wheel, the cyber wheel, if you will, it is tiny. It like almost comically small given how large the truck is. It's absolutely smaller. I mean, I don't have the measurements, so I guess absolutely is not the right word, but it really seems to be, like I'm very confident that it's smaller than the Model 3 steering wheel on this much bigger vehicle than the Model 3 is. So that was kind of interesting to me. And I also wonder, this is just a, uh, it's not even a hunch, it's just a kind of thinking out loud here. I wonder if we're going to find out on November 30th that this thing has steer-by-wire. Because I've seen this in a couple of videos online, and I noticed it myself when the, when the engineer was parking it just right in front of my eyes, is the, 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 when, these, when the drivers are turning the wheel, they're, they're doing so like very quickly, like the wheel turns very easily, and then the, the front tires turn very quickly and easily. So could it just be good power steering? I'm sure. But I wonder if maybe, just maybe it could be steer by wire. Anyway, to move away from one bit of speculation to another, you know how Ford and certainly other brands, but Ford comes to mind as a company that basically brands the Mustang and the Bronco as their own thing, like kind of almost their own sub brand with the horse logos, like on the physical front of them and on the back. And, and uh, I think in the Broncos case, it doesn't even have the Ford oval 
logo on there. In fact, I'm not sure if the Mustang does either off the top of my head. Anyway, I wonder if Tesla is... Not I wonder. I think they are. Tesla is planning to do the same thing with the Cybertruck, kind of establish it as its own sub-brand because the steering wheel on this pre-release build of this Cybertruck had the Cybertruck Triangle Silhouette logo on it rather than the T-E-S-L-A lettering or the Tesla T logo on the steering wheel. And on that note, for a second, until I realized that that this isn't in fact true, but if you walk around the Cybertruck and you peek in and you see that that uh, triangle silhouette logo on the steering wheel, there are no physical Tesla logos or badges anywhere on the truck, including even if you were op- to open the door, it, the door sill plate has the Cybertruck graffiti font logo. That doesn't say Tesla either. And so I started writing my notes and I was like, I don't think there's a single Tesla logo on this entire truck until I realized, oh wait, no, there are, there are four of them, possibly five, maybe even six, but they're definitely on the side windows at the bottom with the window all the way up at the bottom corner of the glass. It, at least on this pre-production unit, the glass did say Tesla on it with the T-E-S-L-A logo. But on the body and on the inside of the truck, there does not appear to be a single Tesla logo anywhere, which I just thought was, was kind of interesting. All right, point number three. A little bit of speculation here, just kind of more thinking out loud. So as, I'm, as I was driving back home and then reviewing my pictures afterwards... I was thinking about the seats because the seats, I was looking at the pictures specifically, the seats in this Cybertruck were black as they've, as every single Cybertruck we've ever seen online or in person has had black seats. But I noticed that this Cybertruck had white accent piping on the side of the seats. So I thought, well, wait a second. That's kind of like the plaid S and X. They have the accent piping, the color, contrasting color accent piping on their front seats as well. So I thought, well, wait a minute. Could that white piping be an indication of the Cybertruck being a tri-motor performance? Again, similar to how the Plaid SNX have that piping on their front seats, whereas the long-range SNX do not. Well, I went online and I just started searching for more Cybertruck release candidate pictures that people have you know, taken and posted online. And every single one I found, the, the Cybertruck seats had that white accent piping on them. So, in fact, it, it doesn't seem like it's indicative of the Plaid, the, the tri-motor drivetrain on the Cybertruck, whereas it is indicative of that on the S and the X. Now... That said, and this was a bit of a talking point in the Tesla community this week, there do appear to be two interior variations. Both have black seats, but some have white trim on the dash and white door panels. And other Cybertrucks that we've seen out in the wild have 
black or dark gray Alcantara. It's kind of tough to tell from the pictures on the dash and on the the door panels. In fact, this particular Cybertruck that I was up close and personal with had the black rather than the white. And so when I was thinking about this, I'm a little surprised that Tesla would do this almost, I would call it kind of a half measure on the interior without also having white seats to go with it. Because as you've heard me say on the podcast, I really thought Tesla was only going to offer one interior color, period, on the Cybertruck just for efficiency of manufacturing and simplicity and just, you know, we know that Tesla wants to simplify things as much as possible, but it does seem that seem to be that there are two interior variations, although they're not drastically different because the seats are black in both variants. So I wonder if it's going to be an actual color choice with an additional cost for the, if you will, slightly white interior, or if, as I had started to speculate a moment ago with the white piping on the seats, will it be that this perhaps more premium white dash and white door panel trim is going to be tied to the tri-motor performance variant of the Cybertruck? Whatever the answer is, the good news is we shouldn't have to wait too much longer to finally find out. All right, staying on the topic of the Cybertruck, I warned you up front, with the, uh, with the delivery event approaching in now less than three weeks as you hear this, I thought I would rerun a poll on Patreon that I ran near the beginning of the year, back when we thought that the Cybertruck might launch at the very end of Q3. That was what Elon had mentioned back then. Now, of course, we know that it's coming out on the last day of the penultimate month of the year. So, this week's Patreon poll question, following up on that initial poll from back in January, which is when the first one of these ran, it asks, okay, now how many Cybertrucks do you think Tesla will deliver in 2023? It's, of course, only going to be 32 days worth of Cybertrucks. That's that's all Tesla will have in calendar 2023. So if you're curious, by the way, the results of that first poll back in January, the 25% of you that voted 5,000 or less, well, tip of the cap to all of you because you will almost certainly end up being correct in that poll. I was certainly more bullish back in January when when we thought that this Cybertruck might get out there at the end of Q3, but the the 5,000 or less crowd will tip of the cap to you guys. Now, the new poll with our new knowledge. The categories were 0 to 25 Cybertrucks. In other words, if they're only going to deliver what they deliver on launch day and then things are going to be quiet and then proper deliveries will really start going in January of 2024, only 4% of you voted there. Uh, Then 21% of you voted 25 to 100. The highest category, the, the most votes cast were for the 100 to 250 category. That was 31% of you. 23% of you thought 250 to 500 would be delivered 
by December 31st, 2023. 14% of you thought it would be 500 to 1,000, and 8% of you said it would be over 1,000. So again, we can check back in on this poll in early January when the uh, when the delivery announcements are made, Right, in fact, right at the beginning of January. The question remains, will Tesla actually give the Cybertruck number or will they simply lump it in with semi-trucks and or the three and the Y and or the S and the X? There's any number of ways that Tesla could play this. They might not want to give that number publicly because really there's any number of ways that it could fuel the Fudsters out there. If it's 500, well, that could still be, oh, you know, they're they're only making 100 a week. Oh my goodness, it's, you know, the sky is falling. Or if it's less than that, if it's, if it's only 100 trucks at the very, very beginning of production, which it may very well be, right? In the first 30 days, it might only be 30 trucks or 60 trucks or 90 trucks, you know, one, two, three a day. So we shall see, but um, hopefully we will get that production and delivery number from Tesla in early January. All right, you want some more Cybertruck talk? Of course you do, of course you do, I do. (laughs) All right, so here we go. Do you wanna know what power outlets the Cybertruck is packing in the bed? Yes, we have the answer. This has been one of the biggest questions about the Cybertruck for the past four years, and we now have an answer. A photo was posted on the Cybertruck Owners Club forums by the person with the username CValue13, and I saw it when it was reposted on X by Nick Cruz Patain, so thank you, Nick. And the information is such. There are three power outlets behind a single vertically oriented panel right near the tailgate on the driver's side of the Cybertruck. There are two standard 120 volt wall outlets and one 240 volt NEMA 1450 outlet. So that is that is beefy right there. Before I got my Tesla wall connector in my garage, back when I first got my Tesla, I was charging it every night with a NEMA 1450 outlet and my mobile connector. So as far as I know, the original Cybertruck prototype only had the one 240 volt outlet. So this is great to see. This is an improvement. Three outlets instead of one. Also, I have to say, this takes me back to my most recent Franz von Holzhausen interview back in January when he seemed to suggest to me, I will note that he didn't say it directly, but I took his response when I asked him the direct question about whether or not the Cybertruck will have bi-directional charging. His answer, which I don't remember off the top of my head right now, I just remember coming away thinking, oh, I think it's gonna have it based on what he said. So hopefully that proves to be the case. But regardless, it's certainly the case that Having three power outlets back there certainly does nothing to dispel the hope that the Cybertruck is going to support bi-directional charging. All right, more 
Cybertruck for you. And then there's a there's a, a little Cybertruck break coming up in just a second here. But first, I have some legitimate Cybertruck news for you. We will see if this has been reported elsewhere by the time that you hear this. I have not seen it online anywhere as I record here on Friday evening. But if you haven't seen it elsewhere, I will tell you, I'm reporting it right now here on Friday night for all of you on Ride the Lightning. And that news is this. Cybertrucks will begin showing up in the busiest Tesla stores around the country after the delivery event on November 30th. Now, how soon? Not quite sure. I didn't get any specifics from that. But this does come directly from a Tesla source who received direct communication from corporate about it. So whether that's going to be one store per region or potentially multiple stores, if it's a really, really busy area, like I would say the Bay Area, the San Francisco Bay Area here, there are two stores that come to mind, which would be the Stanford Shopping Center Tesla store in Palo Alto and then also the Santana Row Tesla store is is a very busy and popular one as well. So, you know, I don't know if it's just going to be one of those two stores here in, in my region or if it could be more than one. But, but that is, uh, again, I am reporting this, that the busiest Tesla store in a region is going to get a Cybertruck on display sometime after the delivery event. Now... My first reaction to this when I when I was told this by my Tesla source was, well, why would they draw more attention to the Cybertruck when they can't fill the orders for those people that come in the store? They've got a million plus backlog of orders to fill. But then I smacked myself in the forehead and the real reason became immediately apparent to me. It just took my brain a minute. And it's something that I've talked about here on the podcast before, and that is the halo effect. The Cybertruck, by virtue of being on display, even if you can't get one anytime soon, the Cybertruck will bring people into the stores. It will drive a whole heck of a lot of foot traffic into the Tesla stores and galleries. And then once that traffic is in the door, plenty of those people for one reason or another, whether it's because the Cybertruck ends up being too expensive when they come in and they learn more about it, whether because it's the Cybertruck is too big for their lives, or or maybe simply, oh, okay, what? Oh, I can't actually get one for two or three years because of the backlog. All right, but what but what it's gonna do is even even in that scenario where the people that come into the store to check it out aren't going to be able to get their hands on one anytime soon. It's going to encourage those people to place an order for one of the other four Teslas that Tesla can build them right now. It's going to, it's going to make some model Y sales, some model three sales, and maybe some S and X sales as well. But it's the halo effect. The Cybertruck is going to, you're going to see it. It's going to happen as soon as they start showing up in the Tesla stores. So look forward to that, hopefully before the end of the year. But again, I I don't have a date to share with you, whether it's going to be right after the delivery event or, you know, if it's going to be maybe not till January, not sure on that, but that is happening. 
All right, here's your break in, in the Cybertruck news before we go back to more. It's time for another edition of the NACS Coalition Report. Yes, it's back again. And who's the lucky company this time? Well, it's Lucid. They say in their press release, quote, adopting NACS is an important next step to providing our customers with expanded access to reliable and convenient charging solutions for their Tesla vehicle, excuse me, for their Lucid vehicles. That was just, uh, that was just muscle memory there that said, that why I said Tesla. Said Peter Rawlinson, the CEO and CTO at Lucid, continuing, quote, we believe that a unified charging standard backed by the nationwide rollout of future-ready, higher-voltage charging stations will be a critical step in empowering American consumers to adopt electric vehicles. Well, even though Lucid is, compared to everybody else, even Tesla at this point, Lucid is still a very, very, very tiny company. They are not delivering a lot of cars right now. But I still think this is significant because... Lucid has the longest range cars. So this to me is a big selling point for Lucid. For that, This is going to be something that makes the Lucid more appealing to buyers in that luxury sedan class of cars. Because, you know, yes, they have a 520 mile range sedan, but respectfully speaking... In my opinion, that range was somewhat wasted without a reliable, fast-charging network to, to go road-tripping with. Now, the Lucid Air will become, as I said, a much more appealing alternative for luxury EV buyers. So, you know, you've got the Model S. You've got the Mercedes, uh, what is it? What is it? Oh, EQS. That's right. Sorry, it took me a second there. The EQS you know, you've got the, uh, what, the BMW, the i7, I believe, is the the all the full electric version of that. So you've got some choices in that category. And the Lucid, the Air, it has, it is the range king among those vehicles by a lot. Like, it's not even close. So this is definitely a boon for Lucid. And it's just a good thing overall for yet another car maker signing on to the North American charging standard. Also, one other observation out of this, and this is me speculating, this isn't fact, I can't say this for sure, but it would seem to me that Tesla has already effectively sold out. They have pre-allocated all of the 2024 CCS to NACS adapters that they have planned to make. And the reason I say that is because the last two NACS coalition announcements, Lucid and last week was Subaru, both of those have said that they will get access to a block of Tesla superchargers starting in 2025. Whereas all of the others up until these last two have said they would get the adapter and get access to certain Tesla superchargers in 2024. So, my educated guess here is that Tesla knows how many adapters it can make for next year. That limit has been met, meaning that if I'm right, that anybody else who signs on after this, I'm looking at you, Volkswagen Group and Stellantis, 
is gonna have to wait until 2025 in order to get any access to the supercharger network at all, be it via adapter or a built-in NACS port. All right, Uh, I hope all of you ludicrous tier backers, that's the $10 a month tier on my Patreon. I hope all of you that are very generously and kindly supporting me on Patreon at that $10 or a month tier or higher enjoyed this week's lightning round mini episode, which I do every single week on Patreon. The topic this week, it was the seven Tesla lifestyle accessories that I would like to see. You know, we've seen Tesla tequila. We've seen a Tesla surfboard. We've seen a cyber whistle. So I came up with seven more Tesla lifestyle products and accessories that I would like to see. So if you are not already backing me on Patreon and you'd like to check out not just that lightning round episode, but the other 70 of them, this was number 71, you can go onto my Patreon page, which is found at patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. You can back me at that $10 per month tier or higher if you're feeling extra generous, and you will get access not only to all of the past, present, and future lightning round mini episodes for as long as you're backing me on Patreon, but the, the, the benefits on Patreon stack. So you'll also get the early access to each week's episode that the $5 per month tier gets. So check that out. Again, the website is patreon.com slash Podcast. Don't forget that annual pledges, if you'd rather just contribute and back me once for the year, that would A, be very nice of you, and B, I'll say thank you for doing that by giving you a 10% discount on that annual pledge. And then finally, I see... There's usually uh, at least a couple people each week taking advantage of this, which is awesome to see. Patreon has a a seven-day free trial now, which is available only on that most popular tier, the $10 per month tier. So you can sign up for that without any financial commitment if you'd just like to see what it's like to get early access to each week's episode, or to a episode, I guess, and to check out the lightning round episode as well. So again, all of that on patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. All right, I'm going to take a quick break here, but I will be right back with more news and then your ride the lightning hotline phone calls right after this. Before I get back to the Cybertruck news this week, a reminder that Ride the Lightning is brought to you in part this week by Oracle NetSuite. Business owners, tell me if any of this sounds familiar. Your business gets to a certain size and then the cracks start to emerge. Things you used to do in a day are taking a week. You have too many manual processes. You do not have one source of truth. If this is you, you should know these three numbers, 36,000, 25, and 1. That first number, the big number, that is the number of businesses which have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. The number 25, that's how old NetSuite turns this year. 
25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. And one, the number one, because your business is one of a kind. So you get a customized solution for all of your KPIs in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins, everything you need all in one place. As I've mentioned before here, I'm a one-man show, I always have been, but in the future, who knows? Maybe one day Ride the Lightning will turn into its own company with a whole team, and if and when that day comes, I will look to NetSuite to help make managing my business easier by keeping all of my most important business tasks in one place. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com lightning. That's netsuite.com lightning to get your own KPI checklist, n-e-t-s-u-i-t-e dot com slash lightning. Also, don't forget about my friends at Xcare, the Xcare extended warranty offered by Accelerate Auto. I just got a really nice testimonial this week, just completely un, uh, unsolicited. A listener wrote in and said he got the battery and drivetrain coverage that they're offering now and that it totally came in handy for him. So, I mean, that's the idea, right? Like, as I've told you, I've used my X-Care plan twice so far. Fortunately, just both for little things. But when I've submitted my claim, it's been a painless process. The, <clears throat> pardon me, the reimbursement has come back very quickly. So it's been great. And the reason that you should consider X-Care, especially versus Tesla's own factory extended warranty, is because the Tesla one is just a fixed two-year, 25,000-mile extended coverage plan that you have to purchase before your factory warranty is up. Xcare does not have such restrictions. Buy at any time. Doesn't even matter if you bought the car new from Tesla or if you bought the car elsewhere. So that's a plus. Xcare offers up to 10 years and up to 125,000 miles after your factory warranty is up. And again... They optionally, you don't have to do it, but if you want to add the coverage for your battery and drivetrain, they've got that as well. I have a $100 discount code for you if you sign up for a plan. Again, customize a plan that's right for you, and then it's $100 off. That discount code is LIGHTNING, L-I-G-H-T-N-I-N-G, of course, and head on over to X-C-E-L-E-R-A-T-E-A-U-T-O.com slash X-C-A-R-E. And again, that discount code, Lightning. All right, let's go back to the Cybertruck, and then I will finish the news block this week with one more non-Cybertruck story. Tesla is preparing for the first Cybertruck collisions with a new role at the company. I saw this reported on Tesla Roddy, who writes... Tesla is preparing for the first accidents and collisions involving the Cybertruck and other new vehicles, as it is looking for a program manager in collision readiness in Fremont and Austin. As the Cybertruck is set to be delivered for the first time later this month at a delivery event in Austin at Gigafactory, Texas, many things are set to come afterward. This includes the development of numerous roles that will handle post-delivery activities, which includes the potential for accidents. Tesla writes, quote, 
Tesla is seeking a highly motivated and organized program manager to lead collision readiness in support of new vehicle product introductions. This role is responsible for ensuring the collision organization is ready for the introduction and delivery of new products. The ideal candidate will, cons will constantly identify opportunities to make the business more efficient while enhancing the customer experience, end quote. The responsibilities and tasks of the role also describe the need to develop repair strategies as more cars are on the road due to the ramp up of, of production. Here is the list of things that this person will need to do straight from the job listing. Develop vision and roadmap for the collision launch operations based on business need and forecasted impact with respective sub-projects and target timelines. Lead the team responsible for day-to-day -day support of initial collision repairs and act as the point of contact for field escalations. Continuously drive for improvement and efficiencies. Number three, develop strategy to scale up operations as we expand deliveries and repair facilities. Number four, partner with engineering to provide feedback on escalations and field countermeasures. Number four, identify KPIs, key performance indicators, of course, to track progress and success, partner with business analytics to develop reporting suite for tracking and insights. Next, provide clear updates on program status and recovery plans at both working and executive level. And finally, a responsibility for this candidate will be to travel to field, engineering, or operations offices as needed. Well, I talked about this a while ago on the podcast, maybe not that long ago, but I guess every <laughs> it's, every week there's always something new, so I can't keep the week straight. But anyway, uh, we have heard nothing about Cybertruck collision repair and, and how that will be handled. And the reason I say that is because the stainless steel panels, to the best of my knowledge, cannot be repaired by traditional means because they can't just be bondoed over and repainted because, of course, there's no paint. I mean, I sure hope that Tesla already has an army of metal workers in training ready to deploy across the country as deliveries ramp up. But what I can say from personal experience owning a DeLorean the stainless panels can be repaired very effectively. And by very effectively, I mean the panel could be crunched into basically a ball and a skilled stainless steel metal worker can restore it to perfect like it, like it was never even damaged. I have seen this occur with DeLoreans. So... That's the beauty part of stainless steel. And of course, it doesn't need to be repainted. So there's no having to like paint other panels on the truck to blend it with the, re the repaired panel that you just put back on. So that's, that is something I can speak from experience on. But again, you need a trained metal worker to do this. So by that metric, it seems a little late to be opening this role now, but... I say this with with just, you know, laughing at myself. Obviously, Tesla knows what it's doing a heck of a lot better than I do. It's not like they have been developing the Cybertruck this whole time and the calendar gets to November 
and the delivery event is announced for November 30th, and they go, oh my gosh, we forgot to figure out how to fix these. Like, no, they that absolutely didn't happen. This is part of their plan. But um, it is interesting that this, that this job listing shows up now. On a related note, if I'm a body shop in an area where there are probably going to be a lot of cyber trucks, so I'm talking about the San Francisco Bay Area, I'm talking about LA, Austin, probably Miami, maybe maybe a few other ones. There's, well, definitely a few other ones, but the, the real cyber truck hotspots, if I'm a body shop in one of those areas, I am going to start looking to hire a trained, very skilled stainless steel metal, metal worker very soon. And by very soon, I mean I would probably start looking for that person now, and I would probably look to hire that person in like the, the beginning of 2024. Because as Cybertruck production starts to ramp up a little bit, if I'm in position with, a, with an awesome, talented metal worker in my bi- under my employ, then, then you can potentially own the collision repair business for the Cybertruck in your market. You can you can be sitting pretty if you think ahead a little bit on uh, on realizing what it's going to take to repair a Cybertruck. Finally, this week, a non-Cybertruck story, but it's a fun one. Tesla has finally added a 1/18th scale diecast Model Y to the online Tesla shop. So head on over to shop.tesla.com to check it out. Tesla has offered die-cast models of the Model 3, S, X, Semi, and the next-gen Roadster. There have been die-cast models for all of those for quite some time now, but oddly, they have not had one for their most popular vehicle, the Model Y. But that has fortunately come to an end now. The Model Y is available. If you're curious about the details on this, Here is the description from the online Tesla shop. It reads, The 1.18th scale Model Y diecast was specially designed by the Tesla Design Studio. Every detail, curve, and surface is replicated from the same 3D CAD data used to manufacture actual Model Y vehicles. Features 180-plus metal and plastic parts, a detailed interior, functioning doors, Front tr- functioning front trunk and functioning rear liftgate, panoramic glass roof, rubber tires, steerable wheels, carpeted trunk and interior, seat belts made of fabric with buckle details. The dimensions are uh, offered in metric here, which certainly doesn't help me. I'm an idiot American. Well, not all Americans are idiots. I'm just saying I'm an idiot I'm in America that doesn't know how to translate 264 millimeters long, 120 millimeters wide, and 90.2 millimeters high. But anyway, um, I mean, it's 118. It's, it's a nice size, I can tell you, from, from the, uh, the next-gen Roadster one that's, that's on my shelf behind me. If you're curious about the aesthetic details of this die cast, it's a Model Y Performance with the 21-inch Uber Turbine wheels, along with, of course, the carbon fiber spoiler on the back and the larger red brake calipers. Now, strangely, the Model Y die cast is only available in 
three of the five Model Y colors, at least here in North America. It's offered in blue, white, and red. So there's no black and no midnight silver metallic. And if you're curious, there are actual interior variations here too. The blue diecast Model Y has a black interior, while the white and red versions have a white interior. If you're curious about the price, it's $195, and for what it might be worth, they're really nice. Uh, and I say that again because I treated myself, gosh, probably a couple of years ago now, to the next-gen Roadster diecast, and I love looking at it on my shelf. Like, it's, it's beautiful up there. It's just, it kind of reminds me of how awesome that car is, and someday it's going to get made. So it is very nice. And, you know, this, this could make a, a great holiday gift idea for the Model Y owner in your life, or maybe more likely, since you're listening to a Tesla podcast right now, if you are the Model Y owner in your life, now is the time to maybe drop a hint to someone that you love that might be kindly willing to, to get that for you as a holiday gift. All righty. That is everything in a, again, very Cybertruck-tastic week of Tesla news. We're going to be talking plenty more Cybertruck, of course, in just about, what is it? I think it's three, yeah, three more shows from now is the delivery event show. So uh, that's going to be fun, but there's still plenty more between now and then. First, right now, I'm going to take a very short Franz von Holzhausen break and I will be back with your phone calls in the Ride the Lightning hotline right after this. Hi, this is Franz von Holzhausen, and you're listening to Ride the Lightning with Ryan McCaffrey, the Tesla unofficial podcast. It's time to hear from all of you. It's time for the Ride the Lightning hotline, your chance to be featured on the podcast. If you'd like that opportunity, I welcome and invite your phone calls. There are two easy ways that you can call in, either... Use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software. Record your question. Please try to keep it to 90 seconds or less so that I can get through as many calls each week as possible. And then email that file to me at my Tesla podcast email address, which is simply teslapodcast at gmail.com. Or you can take that same 90 second or less question and call in and leave a message on the Ride the Lightning hotline. You can call it toll-free anytime, day or night, the number is 1-888-989-8752. Again, that's 1-888-989-TSLA. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they are special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Our first caller this week is Andrew from Boston. Andrew from Boston here. I'm a uh, longtime listener. It's the first time I'm calling in on the hotline, but before I get to my comment, I just wanted to say that I appreciate everything that you do with this podcast. Um, you pushed me over the edge in the beginning of 2019 to get my Model 3 and now having a Model Y. Um, it's just been great being able to rely on the dedication that you put into the information of this podcast and all your content has been entertaining, informing, and I really appreciate it. So uh, thank you for that. I had an interesting thought when listening to 
the latest episode with free free lifetime supercharging transfer, and it gave me a thought. Do you think that Tesla would ever get to the point where they let us owners charge for free? I know that they don't have an incentive to do this, um, but it seems like with all of the uh, income streams opening up with the NACS and different companies using Tesla supercharger network, it seems as though it would be a cool little perk for us Tesla owners to be able to drive to superchargers and charge for free and have the other manufacturers and their owners uh, pay to use the superchargers and, and kind of cover the cost for us. Let me know what you think. Howdy, Andrew. Welcome to the hotline. And let me say that your very kind words seriously made my day. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. To your comment, while I would love to see it, and I do think Tesla is big picture enough to see the benefit of something like that, it'd obviously be a big incentive for people to go with a Tesla versus another automaker's EV that even if that other automaker's EV has access to the supercharger network, but I just don't think they'll do it yet, yet being the key word. I do want to hold out some optimism that at some point Tesla might seriously consider this, maybe once they've ramped up the Generation 3 car production and they're not production constrained on that or anything else anymore. But for now, I think the revenue from all sources, including Tesla drivers, is important when it comes to the superchargers because Tesla reinvests those profits from the supercharger fees back into the network in order to build out more superchargers. For as much progress as, as they've made with the supercharger rollout, particularly here in the U.S. over the past 11 years, they do still have a long way to go before superchargers are as ubiquitous as gas stations are today. But when, not if, when that day comes, then maybe I could see Tesla flipping that switch and making the superchargers free for all Tesla owners. I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility at all. I mean, after all, they did this for a long time for Model S and Model X owners, i.e. every Tesla ever made up to that point, up until the Model 3 came along in 2017. So, Andrew, thank you so much for your call. Next up is an old familiar voice that I love hearing from, Kenny from Richmond, Virginia. Hey, Ryan. What's going on, man? It's Kenny calling in from Richmond, Virginia. Hey, look, I wanted to call as a response to Mark near Vancouver from episode 430. Uh, he was talking about he had an 80-year-old grandfather that had a Model 3, and uh, he was having trouble as maybe some of his settings changed uh, here and there. Well, first of all, I want to say, man, that's awesome that his 80-year-old grandfather has this car and gets it, and even better that he's willing to lean in and help him uh, make sure he stays straight. But uh, as far as my maybe recommendation as a workaround to that is if Mark set up an additional duplicate profile of his grandfather's current settings, it may be a little bit easier every time he goes back to help him to kind of find out what settings he may have changed. It would be kind of the difference between the first profile and the duplicate profile. So anyway, might be a workaround that could work for him. Just wanted to kind of lean in and help there if I could. All right, man, take care. Keep up the great work. Kenny, I think that's a great suggestion, and I am happy to air that call 
for both Mark's benefit and anybody else out there who might find a situation like that where they're helping onboard a family member to a Tesla. They might find that useful. So thank you so much, Kenny. It is always a pleasure to hear from you. I've got time for two more calls on this episode. I've been talking for quite a while this week about, again, Cybertrucks, the topic of the moment, and I love it. Here's Steve from New Jersey. Hey, Ryan, this is Steve from New Jersey. I wanted to reply to Doug's frameless window problems. Sounds like something I've been dealing with with my Model S up in the Northeast for years. This time of year, uh, you get a little moisture that kind of goes along the bottom of the windows and seeps into the door and then freezes at night. So you go and open the door in the morning and the window doesn't roll down. Uh, It's like the motors just kind of give up when there's enough resistance. But I keep an extra, like, garbagey old credit card that I slide along the bottom of the window into the door and you got to get it about an inch down and break the ice part down inside the door Um, and as soon as you do the window roll down you know the inch that it was supposed to and then you know you got it Um, so it's just kind of what I've gotten used to doing this time of year Um, Tesla used to do an anti ice uh, window treatment. I don't know if they still do it um, in cold weather climates where I think they just put gummy fledge, some chemical kind of stuff, seal rejuvenator around on the gaskets. But this is down in the in the door along the bottom of the window. And I didn't want to put anything down there and have it like streak the window when you roll the window down. So I just kind of got used to using the credit card. So uh, I don't know, something to try. Hopefully that helps some other people. And uh, You guys take it easy, and thanks for the podcast. Really enjoy it. Bye. I've got nothing to add to this one. I'm just happy to play it. Steve, this is a great suggestion. Thank you very much. I hope this helps out a lot of listeners out there, including Doug, who you're responding to there. All right, one more caller this week. It is Marshall from Atlanta. Hey, Ryan, this is Marshall from Atlanta. Love the podcast. Just wanted to comment on the black price increase on the Model Y. Um, believe it's totally due to the new New York City law passed for rideshare drivers um, and also because the black Model Y qualifies for Uber Black. So I believe Tesla is um, using this as an option to due to all the uh, Uber drivers getting uh, black Model Ys, so they're taking the opportunity to increase the price with that. Now qualifying for Uber Black, and especially in New York City, now allowing rideshare drivers to, if they have an electric car, go into um, downtown Manhattan. Um, enjoy the show. Um, appreciate it. Thanks. Very sound theory here, Marshall. There is a good chance that you're probably right about that. I didn't even know about that, so you know what? You've taught me something new today which is something I always appreciate, whether it's about Tesla or about anything else in life. So seriously, thank you for your call. I appreciate it. Thanks to everybody who called in this week. I love that some of the calls this week were helping other listeners, helping other callers. That is part of what makes this segment of the podcast really awesome to me anyway. I hope hope all of you enjoy this part of the podcast as well. And if you would like to potentially be featured here in the Ride the Lightning Hotline, again, all you've got to do is call in. There are the two easy ways to do that. I gave you the instructions at the top of the segment, so refer back there. But in the meantime, I'm not quite done yet. 
Take a quick break here. Be right back with a little bit more Ride the Lightning for you. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117. You're listening to Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. You know, that Cybertruck looks a lot like a warthog, doesn't it? Master Chief, out. As for what's going on with me and my life, well, there's news on both dogs this week. So for Zelina, it's good news. Zelina just celebrated her, well, we celebrated her one-year anniversary of bringing her home from Canine Companions and starting the process of being her puppy raisers and teaching her all kinds of stuff. And she has been awesome. And it, we are at the point where the, the idea of, of having to give her back is a, is a, is a tough one. But we know she is going to go on to a greater purpose and hopefully be somebody's service dog. We've got her for, let's see, it's November. Three months, three and a half maybe. It's sometime in February is when they've told us we'll have to turn her in when she'll be of the age to be uh, to start her professional training, which she will go up to the, uh, the headquarters, which happens to be in the North Bay here, north of San Francisco, about an hour, hour and a half's drive from here. And she'll live there. It's basically like she's going to college. Like, it's, it's kind of, we're taking her up through high school, teaching her the basics. Then she goes to college, and they will, their professional trainers will work with her every single day, and she will live there, uh, and at the end of that, they will determine if she is fit to be a service dog, and if she is, they will then work on pairing her with the person who she matches best with, whether that's you know, it could be anything. It depends on Zelina's skills and what what the person needs. You know, whether she ends up being somebody that's that can help somebody with PTSD, or she ends up being a dog that is better for like jumping up and hitting light switches and and getting like wallets and keys and phones off the floor, like more of kind of physical activities to assist with somebody with a disability. So she will kind of determine that of, of what kind of service dog she'll be, but. We've still got a few months, but man, one year already. I was I, I posted on my my X account today as I'm recording this. I posted a, a picture for, or a little video actually from a year ago when we first brought her home, which is this little tiny cute puppy, and now she's this big, big, also cute fifty something pound dog. So, um, so that's been awesome. A whole year with Zelina. Daisy is is uh, giving me a little scare. I'm not quite out of it yet, but I feel a lot better about it now than I did this morning. I'll keep this brief because I know you know you just you want your pro tip of the week, and I don't want to I don't want to bog down the podcast too much with me. But this is kind of the, this is the little like me corner of the podcast every week. But uh, Daisy, I was I was taking her for a walk this morning, and I noticed very clearly. I definitely could not have been seeing anything other than what I saw. She had a lot of blood in her urine and I saw this multiple times. And then I thought back, well, wait a minute. When I took her for a walk last night, she was squatting to pee like a lot, like way more often than usual to the point where by the end of it, she would like squat and there was nothing left to come out. I mean, that was at night though. Cause now it gets dark so early with the, with the daylight saving time, by the way, I am I would I would vote to have daylight saving time be permanent so that it stays lighter later. That would I know everybody's got their own feeling on that. That's I that would be what I would vote for. But anyway, 
um, the, the blood in the urine today. And so I immediately, like I was, I had my phone with me. I, I called the vet and they said, sorry, we can't take her today, but we do recommend that you get her seen today, whether it's urgent care or emergency. And so that certainly, um, you know, my, my, I can't help my brain. I went, I went straight to the darkest place, which is what if she has bladder cancer that they can't do anything about and that she's going to die? You know, she's only six years old. And that, I, I couldn't get that out of my head. And so I, um, I took her to the same place, which is the same place that her cardiologist is at, that has literally saved her life. Sage in Redwood City, California. I've mentioned them before. But they are an emergency clinic as well as having the specialists there. So I thought, well, those guys have been awesome. I'm taking her there. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't mind the drive. Uh, I was able to get an appointment for in the afternoon so that I didn't have to kind of wait there for hours waiting for an, a, a spot to open up. Anyway, I got there and they uh, the, the most common scenario and perhaps most likely is that it's a urinary tract infection. Fortunately, her appetite is great. Her energy is great. There's nothing else that appears to be wrong with her. Like everything else seems fine except for this. And they, they, in order to get the urine sample out that that's, it's off at a lab right now. And hopefully, I mean, by the time most of you hear this, I should have the results back. I'm supposed to get the results back. If not tomorrow, meaning Saturday, they said for sure on Sunday, but, um, anyway, the, the, they used ultrasound. Don't ask me how I, but they explained it to me. So with, with the, ultrasound that they use to to extract the urine from her bladder for the 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 to take send to the lab they got you know not a comprehensive picture but at least a, a decent picture that at least showed like that her bladder looked great there were no because my you know again my fear was uh oh there's what if it's what if there's tumors in there and it's so that looked fine so so far it's i'm i'm it's looking better the doctor that was attending, uh, the, well, the nurse was great. And then when the doctor came in and answered all my questions and I just kept peppering her with stuff, like, what about this? What about this? She was great. I continue to be very impressed by that place. If you're in the San Francisco Bay area, big fan of Sage, but, um, so I, I will, I will know more soon. I I'm feeling much more optimistic about it now than I was when I just first saw blood come out, uh, there. So, Keep keep a happy thought in your heart for Daisy if you can. She's just <laughs> this poor dog's already been through a lot with the heart stuff from the from the grain free diet and gosh if yeah if I hope that me talking about that on the podcast has helped one person. If it's helped one person, then it, that's that's a win. But I'm just so grateful that Daisy's been healthy and hopefully this is nothing serious and she's going to continue to be in good health as soon as she gets through what is hopefully just a very fixable urinary tract infection. All right, uh, that was a lot of talking. I apologize. Let me give you a pro tip of the week before I mention the friends of the podcast and get on out of here. So your pro tip of the week this week comes from Revis in Washington State. Hey, Ryan. Revis from Washington State again. Um, I was on a trip... This is about uh, the, the side repeater cameras giving you the whole blocked or occluded warning. 
Um, oh, by the way, before I get too far, love the show. I forgot to do that last time. You're doing awesome. I, I, I just love everything you're doing. Um, back to the tip. The side, the side cameras, repeater cameras being occluded. Um, I was on a trip to Vegas and back, and on my way back, it's dark. Uh, there's no lights around, and I live in an area where there's no lights. That's the reason why these cameras do this blocked or occluded thing. I found that if I turn on my hazards, I can then re-engage autopilot if I disengage it in a situation like that. I can re-engage autopilot because the light from the side repeater cameras enables the side repeaters to realize they are not blocked or blinded, allowing you to then resume autopilot, uh, which is pretty cool when you're in the middle of nowhere or you live in an area that's not a city and you're driving on roads where there's no street lighting. So it's pretty handy, I think. Again, love the show. That is a really excellent workaround. Thank you so much for calling in with that. I do appreciate it. And if anybody else out there has a good pro tip of the week that you'd like to share with me and your fellow Tesla owners and enthusiasts, you can do that the same way that you call in to the regular Ride the Lightning hotline, which I told you about a little earlier in the podcast. All right, before I go, let me mention some friends of the podcast that, as I always say, I hope will be of use to you sooner or later. First up is abstractocean.com. So many excellent aftermarket Tesla accessories. In fact, I have not been to abstractocean.com in a while, so I'm going to do that real quick. I'm going to click on Model Y. I don't own a Model Y, but many of you do. So let's see what they got. Uh, Ooh, a full-color animated dash LED light strip. That's pretty cool. So it goes kind of right... Uh, at the underneath the the very base of your of your air vent, your AC vent HVAC, so that's kind of cool. There's of course the ultra premium tempered glass screen protectors. What else is in here? Uh, uh, wireless charger for the center console. Most of the cars come with that now, though. Ah, the puddle lights. Those are back. Those were popular for a while. And then I thought Tesla had had kind of put the word out that they were going to the lawyers were going to come if if somebody was doing the puddle lights with the Tesla logos, but I guess not cuz the uh, LED premium puddle lights mega bright which shines the, you know, the the light at the bottom of your driver and uh, front driver and and passenger door shines down when you open the door at night. It's the T Tesla T logo and the TESLA lettering. So that's pretty cool. What else? Ooh, Model Y camping mattress, custom fit for the Model Y with the seats folded down. That's pretty cool. So there's, again, there's just all kinds of stuff. Check it out, abstractocean.com. Click on whichever Tesla you own and it will filter to just the products for that vehicle. And when you get everything in your shopping cart that you like, and you get to check out. Use the coupon code RTLPODCAST to get 15% off of your first order. Again, that coupon code RTLPODCAST, all one word, no spaces. The Snap Plate and Snap Plate Plus, which is new, are available at everyamp.com slash RTL. And what's new there is the new coupon code for all of you. Thank you to the Snap Plate folks at every amp for offering that. The coupon code is RTL. 
So go to everyamp.com slash RTL and use the coupon code RTL on either the Snap Plate or the Snap Plate Plus. These are the nice front minimalist designed license plate brackets. Uh, if you need or want that for your car, it will just look good. And if you want to take it off at any point, for whatever reason, it doesn't leave any unsightly hardware behind. So these are just good things. These are good products, I should say. And both are made from recycled, made in the USA plastics with stainless steel reinforcements. Check them out. Budgetsafesolar.com. Check them out if you're in the market for solar panels for your home or business. They will probably not be the only solar company that you check out, nor should they be. But put them on the list. They did right by me with my installation. It went great. Very happy with the results. So if you're thinking about going solar, head on over to budgetsafesolar.com. They do also now offer home battery storage as well, including Tesla Powerwall. So that can be part of your setup as well. And if you do end up going with Budget Safe Solar, I humbly ask that you use the referral code RTL. Immaculate Reflections, the awesome detailer located here in the greater San Francisco Bay Area. I can't recommend them enough. It's just, they're great. Jeff is the owner. He's awesome. In fact, I hope he doesn't mind me sharing this, but he sent me pictures this week. His business has been going so well. Things are going so good, which is no surprise because he's super talented and does awesome work. He just uh, just leased out the, the shop next door to his, doubling his shop space, which is so awesome for him. Jeff, if you're hearing this, congratulations to you on the success of your business. It's so well-deserved. Uh, there's any number of detailing services that you might want to have Immaculate Reflections do. I did the whole car wash, literally and figuratively. So I did the paint protection film on the whole car. But you don't have to do the whole car. You can just do the front end, you know, the high impact areas. I did the paint correction to get all the little factory flaws taken out of my paint. Yes, Jeff is capable of doing that. A, a professional detailer can have your paint looking absolutely incredible. And then I also got the ceramic coating on my car as well. That is basically just the next generation version of traditional car wax. It'll last three to five years and you don't have to worry about it. That water is just going to bead right off and the, the paint is going to be protected from the sun's UV rays. So head on over to irdetailing.com if you'd like to take your car over to Immaculate Reflections for one or more of the detailing services. And whatever you end up booking, whether it's one service, whether it's two or three or more, just mention in your in your communication with Jeff uh, that you are a Ride the Lightning listener and he will offer you the nice little Ride the Lightning discount. So thank you so much to Jeff at Immaculate Reflections for doing that. Go to puretesla.com slash RTL to get the best dash cam and sentry mode setup in my opinion, anyway. Uh, and I would also say at least best bang for the buck. Because like Tesla offers their own SSD drive, but it's like $300 or something crazy. Go to puretesla.com slash RTL. They use a micro SD storage format that plugs into your car's USB port. 
So it's plug and play, no problem. And 49 bucks will get you the 128 gigabyte kit, which is probably plenty, honestly. But if you do want to step up to the 256 gigabyte kit, that's 69 bucks. Either one of them ships free anywhere in the US, which is nice. So check them out, puretesla.com slash RTL. I mentioned my Patreon earlier in the podcast, but I'll just mention it again here real quick. If, uh, if you get a chance, if you see, see it in your heart to check out my Patreon, which is found at patreon.com slash Podcast. That is the way that this podcast keeps going. It's through your support, your very generous and totally voluntary support. So head on over there. You can see all the different support tiers. I told you about the the early access on the base $5 tier earlier. And I, of course, mentioned the $10 a month tier that gets you the early access and gets you those weekly lightning round bonus mini episodes then it just goes up from there and all the perks stack. So the higher, the more generous you are, the more perks that you get as a way for me to say thank you in return. So uh, if you're able, I would be very humbled and grateful if you'd head on over to patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. You can grab this podcast automatically every single week by subscribing to it totally for free on whatever your favorite podcast service is. For most of you, according to my numbers, that seems to be Apple Podcasts, but I'm also on Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, and YouTube Podcasts as well. If you are wanting to listen via YouTube, again, there's no video, but if you just want to have a browser tab open and listen to it from YouTube, it's totally easy and no problem to do that. Just search Ride the Lightning Tesla on YouTube, and you should find my channel pretty easily there. My referral link, if you have exhausted all other options and you you just need a referral link because you're going to order a new Tesla, you can type in mine just uh, in a browser, type in ts.la slash Ryan73014, and that will take you to the design studio Choose which Tesla you're ordering, configure it however you like, submit your order, and it will be processed with those referral bonuses baked in. And of course, those referral bonuses right now are $250 off the price of the car and three free months of FSD. I mentioned this earlier, but if you'd like to follow me on X and or on Instagram, my username is the same on both. It's DMC underscore Ryan. You can email me anytime. My email address is teslapodcast at gmail.com. And finally, let me say hello and thank you to the most generous Patreon backers, the top tiers of the Patreon. I will start with the tippy top tier, the Roadster in Space tier. Thank you so much to Pete White, Lyle Austin, Steve Radspinner, Fernando Cordero, Lawton from Chicago, Sean Neidig, Neil Weaver, Jackson Wallace, Rolf and Jennifer Evers, Howard Anthony Smith, Victoria Iacovetto, Tesla Hitchhiker 42, Carol Weston, Robert from Near Philly, and Kristen Rumble. Next, the Maximum Plaid backers. A big thanks goes out to Jonathan Wales, Cameron Clark, Daniel Grummer, 
Seth Capello, Nick and Tony, The Galpin Family, Ryan from New York City, Darren Nickel, Kaz Barnes, Brett Libano, Patrick Wisniewski, Gil Cabrera, Watley, Mark Eversole, Todd Badger, Joe Edgel, Kevin Yank, the Tesla Owners Club of San Joaquin Valley, Michael Williams, Will Stedman, Derek Nesselrode, Justin Perez, Jeremy Harris, Chris Beach, Tom Mills, Corey O'Donnell, Aaron, John Cody, Joel Sapp, Paul Casarino, Richard Corley, Chris Osborne, KB, Ken Epstein, Doug Carey, James Gregory, Adam Lavoy, ContactOneCallCenter.com, Jason Chalukas, Travis Krenzel, Bruce Otterstein, Tom Behan, Josh Pennington, Matt Kalen, John from Cream Ridge, New Jersey, Sean Tisdale, Dustin Hart, and Michael Gallo. Had a great time seeing and talking to many of those Maximum Plaid backers at our monthly Patreon Zoom hangout, which is for the Maximum Plaid tier and higher. We did that chat last weekend, and as I recall, uh, well, I de- the hour definitely flew by. It always does. It's always a good time. We talked a lot of Cybertruck and also Next Gen Roadster. I think those were the two primary topics of conversation on this month's call. Fine. Oh, and by the way, if you are in that Maximum Plaid tier and missed that call, the MP3 of it is up on Patreon. You hopefully should have gotten an email notification that that was available to you. But just in case, I'll mention it here as well. Finally, the Plaid level supporters, these folks are grandfathered in. This tier is officially not offered anymore, but these folks are very kind to continue to support me at that tier. So I will give them all the perks and bonuses that they deserve for kindly continuing to do that. So thank you very much to George Cassioppo, David Brander, Logan Willis, Peter Chalet, Eric Randolph, Dory and Steve Guberman, the Tesla owners of Taiwan, Ron Lee, Charlie Gillespie, David Perella, Dennis Peake, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, the Lydia family, Aaron Altschul, Jared Brown, Jerome Strack, Jamie Dalton, the Tesla owners East Bay Club, Mike and Barbara from Louisville, David J. Howes, Matt Nixon, the Tesla owners club of Wisconsin, Ish, not Elon Musk, Peter, and the Bear Boys of Colorado. All right, that wraps it up for episode 432. As I said earlier, we are three shows away from the Cybertruck launch, which meaning that episode 435, I'll be doing the full recap, the full analysis, the highlights. Hopefully, I'll have the good fortune of getting an invitation and being able to be there in person to tell you all about it. But that is coming up just three shows away. In the meantime, I hope you enjoyed this episode, which was very Cybertruck-tastic. I had fun recording it and preparing it for you. Thank you so much for hanging with me this long. If you're still hearing this, that means you listen to the whole thing, for which I am very grateful. Your time is valuable, and you are kind to give me an hour, roughly and a half of it every week. is about... It's about what the shows have been lately, roughly 90 minutes or so. Anyway, that is enough from me for now. I will see you back here next week, same time as always, Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific, unless you are a Patreon backer, in which case you get the early access. Happy electric motoring, and I'll see you back next week. 
I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make it's it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun. 